So there's three instances in which we could be in right now. Number one, we could be the civilization that's going to make this simulation in the future. Number two is that we are already living in a simulation right now as we speak. Or number three is we as a civilization are going to die before we ever get the chance to create a simulation. That's scary. Oh, I know. Your hosts are digital nomads and entrepreneurs sharing their insights about the tech of today and tomorrow. We We are Generation Z. Z. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. Um, I'm here with Parker again, and today we're going to talk about simulation theory. So uh, let's get started. You want to kind of start off by explaining what it is exactly? I am super excited to talk about this because it is kind of a mind-blowing subject. Um, when when you get down and think about it, and it's kind of, in a way, a theory of expressing everything, of how this whole world works. Um, but it was proposed by a philosopher named Nick Bostrom back in 2003-ish, and many philosophers and astrophysicists and many popular people have adopted this this theory. And... For example, we have Elon Musk, and we also have Neil deGrasse Tyson, the astrophysicist, which is crazy to think that they are just, they agree with this. I'm not saying I agree with it, and I'm, I'm like, I'm not speaking for Andrew either, but it's just out there, and it's something to consider, because it makes, it makes a lot of sense when we, when later in the episode, we'll dive into the facts and everything about it. So what is simulation theory? Simulation theory is basically... The theory that we are either in a simulation, we will in the future create a simulation, or the last instance, which really isn't a part of the theory, um, is that we will die before, like civilization will die before we get to make a simulation. Um, That's very realistic. And like, why why would someone want like why would someone want to make a simulation, like? Andrew, do you... Yeah, I mean, that's a really kind of potent question. Um, I think one explanation could be there's some sort of other intelligent life out there that created a simulation to uh, conduct research to see how history will play out. Yeah. Um, I think that could be pretty valuable to create a whole world with a complex society and complex beings that are making decisions and to kind of study how that society or those people make decisions. Um, there could be a lot of insight that could be gained from that. Um, I think another one could also be for entertainment. Yeah, like how we play video games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah, when you think about it, we have already we have our own simulations in the form of like video games and even movies in a way um, that we use to entertain ourselves. So there could be some other civilization out there that created us for entertainment yeah like kind of like grand theft auto 5 like i don't know if you guys have played (laughs) grand theft auto or anything like that but it's super realistic and it's basically a game where you can make any decision you want and you you play as a character you can just drive around the city and do it literally whatever you want yeah and i think that that example i've heard uh quite a lot before and i think it's used because uh grand theft auto 5 is it's such a rich world and there's so much detail in it yeah that like it like it almost is real like obviously you can tell it's not but there's been so much detail and attention that's been put into it that it's like it's a really 
close simulation of like w- like the world there's people driving around there's people walking around having conversations and eating and yeah it's pretty <laughs> literally crazy. like go up on a sidewalk and just punch someone <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean yeah you can really do whatever it's it's pretty crazy yeah so kind of stemming off from grand theft auto auto and video games in general um, we're going to kind of get into the facts and reasons why this makes so much sense. And one of the first ones is is that if we are in a simulation or we aren't in a simulation yet, we will eventually make another sim- simulation. So if we, if we assume any rate of change in technology, think about it. 40 years ago, we had the game Pong, right? It was like like two sticks and a dot and you you know you try to make it in the goal or whatever and now 40 years later we have games like grand theft auto and like photorealistic games that are like so immersive and crazy and we have virtual reality and augmented reality and all this crazy stuff um and it's so realistic like people go in like go into virtual reality and like after like two hours they come out and think they're like they're like tripping because they don't know what's reality and what's not Mm -hmm. like that's how close we are to like distinguishing between what's reality and what's not so imagine if we do assume that technology will change um as much as it has in the past 40 years and we assume any rate of change whether it be one percent or you know 20 percent we will eventually make a simulation yeah which is crazy we will create something that will not you won't be able to distinguish it from reality um and also like you said i mean Pong was only 40 years ago, which on, like, the grand scale of things, that's nothing. That's, like, not even a drop like, uh, yeah, in the pond. Scary. Like, that's That's such a small amount of time. Like, if you think about um, our ancestors in uh, ancient civilizations and how they lived, they lived the same way for millions of years. Like, they, they did the same things over and over. They were, like, hunter-gatherer societies. Like, complex civilization and technology has really only come about in the past 500 to like a thousand years and uh just to think about it like in the last 100 years the fact that we've already created these complex uh, inventions who knows what the next 100 years will look like yeah i mean scientists are are saying that in the next 50 to 100 years from now our computing power is going to multiply by like hundreds of thousands of times like crazy amounts which is crazy to think about like think about what we can do with computers now and then imagine that times like 100 or 1000. Yeah, like you can't even imagine. Oh, like how geez. like I'm sure kids back in like the 70s and 80s were like the graphics are never going to get better than yeah. Pong. Like this is so cool. Yeah. But like imagine like and we say that now about like GTA and, and other games that are so graphically impressive like we think it won't get better but this is just the beginning. Oh yeah. And like yeah, it's scary. Like so if we ask ourselves a question how like how could we go about making a simulation? Um, so, first of all, to make a simulation that feels so realistic to where we have characters that are like you and me, if we were simulated, to have feelings and emotions and a consciousness and free will, we would need an insane amount of computing power, which is like crazy amounts of computing power which is not anywhere close. Um, and also, we need to find a way to simulate consciousness, right? Because, like, what what is reality? Can, can you answer that for me? Like, what is reality? 
Yeah, I mean, reality is built off of what we perceive. Yeah. So, yeah, what just everything that we think is real is based off of what our senses are perceiving from the outside world and like how our brain interprets that. Yeah, it's like it's like that example you brought up about the tree. What what was that? Yeah, it's kind of like the age-old question like so if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to witness it or hear it, did it really happen? So, yeah. if if something if something happens and no one or nothing is there to perceive it, did it actually happen? Exactly. Like this table that we are sitting at right now. We know it to be a table because when we look under a microscope, we can see its atoms. We can see what makes up this table. But when we're not looking at the table, there is no table. Yeah, it's kind of like um, in a video game how when you're a character or you're playing the player and you're walking around, the computer only renders what's around you because it, it'd be insane just to render everything yeah, in the game totally, all at once. Totally inefficient. Yeah, it'd be super inefficient, and our computers can't really handle that. Um, so the same could be applied to simulation theory. So the things that we perceive as reality are only rendered as we as we walk around as we and perceive observe, it. Yeah, yeah, as we observe them, yeah. yeah. Which is crazy to think about because there's so much, like everything is so complex. Like if you, you look at like a little water droplet on the ground and you can see the reflection of the world like behind you, like like simulating that stuff, like it's so much computing power. Yeah. Crazy. But really the main point um, is that if you want to simulate a, a world this complex, you need to, we need to find a way to simulate consciousness Mm -hmm. and how we perceive things um which is obviously we we haven't found a way to do that yeah and actually um i do have something to add there um this is not totally accurate i can't remember where it came from but um there was an experiment or there was a thought experiment that was conducted by plato i think um and he said he came up with this idea so if you take babies and uh like say you, you take you take newborns and you put them in a cave and you don't expose oh. them to anything else. Is this the wall? Where you... Yeah, it's like yeah. the shadows. Yeah, oh my yeah. gosh, yeah, this okay. is my boy. <clears throat> so if you take babies and you put them in a cave and you don't show them anything else ever, all they know is the cave, and there's a fire in the cave, and you put an object in front of the fire, it's going to cast a shadow. Well, if those babies throughout their whole life as they grow up, if all they see is those shadows on the wall, then that's what they think is real. They think yeah, that those objects they, are real. And then, so if one of those babies, you know, grows up and is, escapes that cave and goes out into the real world where there's weird animals and all this different type of stuff, they will, they will be so afraid and, like, will not understand that they will eventually go back to the cave where they feel where they think reality is. Yeah, so those those, uh, those shadows that they see on the wall, they think are are the real objects. So I think that example can be applied to simulation theory because if this is all we know, like we've grown up in the same world and this is all we know, then we wouldn't know if it's a simulation or not because yeah. we have nothing else to it's compare it to. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And like, so if you think about physics and like the real world, we have what? We have gravity, we have stuff like that. Um, there it's like there it's rules for our for our universe. Like think of the speed of light. That's like two plus two, like mathematics. There's things yeah. that cannot be argued at all. Exactly. Like the basic fundamental rules of our universe. Yeah. So like, 
I was watching this video about one um, one physicist, and he was saying when he was getting down to studying like subatomic particles, like quarks and stuff like that, that it was strictly mathematics. And he said that that mathematics could be like the code to the program, like the fundamentals of mathematics and physics could be what makes this universe like the values that we input in our program to make this simulation mm-hmm. you know like gravity 9.8 meters per second <laughs> squared or whatever it was yeah i mean yeah <laughs> you know, physics is like a math-based science and really kind of everything is based off of like numbers and math yeah in a way yeah it's like a way it's, it's how we explain our universe yeah exactly just like how those ancient civilizations they didn't have they didn't know about math or physics they use like these stories to explain like, yeah like oh the gods are angry so they made lightning in the sky and stuff like that that's kind of our version today yeah so there's some main reasons why and we've already gone through some of them but there's also some stuff with quantum mechanics now this is going to get a little complicated and hard to grasp but stay with us here um so let's, let's talk about the uh double split experiment yeah so the double split experiment is this experiment where there is this this object that has two just slits in the middle of them and the scientists uh, shot photons through them and you would expect that you know these particles go through the slits and there's a board directly behind the, the slits and they cast onto this board and you'd expect them to be in the shape of the two slits because that's all they can pass through right mm-hmm. just like water like if you have a panel and there's a slit in the middle of it, and you put water through it, then the waves are going to come out of that slit. Yeah, and that's where, yeah, that, exactly. So then they did it with water, and they put two slits, and they made these weird waves where when it hit the backboard, there were all different kinds of lines, not just the two slits. So when when they did this double-split experiment again with photons, they had the two splits, and they put a measuring device. And this measuring device um, was was supposed to measure the photons. And uh, when the photons went through the slit, when the measuring device was off, they acted as waves, which was super ground groundbreaking at the time because like everyone thought it was just particles, right? Thought that photons didn't act like waves. They just thought that they acted like regular particles not Mm -hmm. waves but when they turn this observing device on and observe these particles as they went through the slit the photons didn't act like waves they acted like photons and only hit the backboard at the two openings right which which is crazy and what that what that is saying is that basically a photon can be either a wave or a particle at the same time which makes no sense yeah so yeah basically like they found out that these photons weren't acting as they thought they would when they they acted different ways when they when they observed it and when they didn't observe it and uh and like you said they they're acting like two things at once which is kind of like the basics of quantum computing as well right a little bit yeah yeah where you can have both a zero and a one at the same time same time yeah qubit right but so what this begs the question like like how can we explain this and simulation theory explains this really well 
it gives a really good explanation for it. Yeah, so basically, as our science progresses, we're learning things that totally question everything that we know about the universe. Like, that experiment demonstrated that that there's something out there that doesn't follow the laws that we've set in stone over the past, like, hundreds of, year, hundreds of years of, like, physics and math. Yeah. And one theory is what well, we've been talking about this whole time, simulation theory. So that helps to explain these things that we can't explain with our current understanding of the world. Yeah. And um, so you, this double split experiment kind of leads us into the topic of quantum entanglement, which is, in, which is where two particles of, of photons are somehow connected and can communicate instantaneously among any distance <clears throat> ever. So it could be two particles across the universe that are entangled. Right. And they can they can communicate instantly. Way faster than the speed of light. Which, side note, speed of light. Let's, let's very briefly get into the speed of light and why this why th- this will all make sense when, once we explain the importance of speed of light and time. The faster you travel, if you travel at the speed of light, time is going going to be way slower for you than it will be for an observer on Earth, basically. So time will almost stop if we're traveling at the speed of light. And um, it's almost as if, like, you know it's not possible that we can travel at the speed of light right now. Like, that's physically impossible. Yeah, I mean, to travel that fast would take... The amount of energy it would take is, like, more than we could ever create ever yeah. like, w- with our current resources. Yeah, so it's like it's almost like a boundary, like a boundary set by something that we have no idea about. So traveling the speed of light is like, is like a boundary in a program that, you know, some coder, a coder made. Right, it's like, you know, if you're playing like a, a video game. Yeah. It's like in a video game, there's like a wall that you can't pass. Yeah. Like there's an invisible line that a programmer's put there that you will never be able to pass. Exactly. So back to quantum entanglement. If these particles can communicate to each other instantly, instantaneously, faster than the speed of light, some scientists did, I think it was in 2008. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so in 2008, there was an experiment done at the University of Geneva, and they studied this phenomenon of quantum entanglement. So they um, separated two photons over a distance of 89 miles, I think. And when they observed one photon spinning in one direction, the other photon, like, reciprocated that movement. Yeah, so, so they separated these two photons 89 miles apart. And say a photon, photons have, have this thing called spin, and... They don't have a definite spin, so it could be up, down, left, right, any type of spin, but they don't have a definite spin until someone observes it, which is crazy. So when you observe an entangled photon and you get its spin, say it's pointing down, it's spinning down, then its entangled partner will be doing the exact opposite, yeah. spinning up. But how yeah. does, if you observe one photon, how, like, how can the other the partner photon know the opposite spin if without it's, communicating to yeah, it. Yeah, if it's eighty nine miles apart. Yeah. How does the other photon know exactly which opposite way to spin from its partner if it's that far apart? And how does it do that? Like 
like, obviously there's some sort of communication there that's happening. Yes. Instantly. And so those researchers at Geneva University found that they are communicating almost at least 100,000 times the speed of light, which breaks breaks and violates all laws of physics as we know it today. So, you know, it begs the question again, is this, is this a, like, is this something that we found that is rooted within our, like, the program of a simulation? Yeah, I mean, it's similar to the, that slit experiment. We're finding things about our world that we, that doesn't follow the rules that we've set with science. Yeah, that have been around for crazy amounts of time. Yeah, so it's like, we have no idea how to explain these things other than one theory, which is simulation theory, which could explain it if if, yeah. that, if that's true. And those are most of the facts and reasons why simulation theory is kind of prevalent um, in in today's theories or library of theories, I guess, and is very popular. Um, Elon Musk said that there is about a one in a billion chance that we are not in a simulation because think about it if you were to if 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 we were a civilization trying trying to find out whether we are in a simulation or we aren't and we are about to make a simula- simulation say we threw a dart right so we have we have civilization a civilization that would have made the first simulation in that simulation, there could be a character or person, you know, that discovered a computer, and he's like, okay, I want to run a simulation. So he runs a simulation. And then in that simulation, another civilization runs another simulation. Yeah. And it just cascades down, all the way down. So imagine throwing a dart. You throw a dart, where, where would it land? It would most likely land on a simulation because there's only one origin civilization. Mm-hmm. that created the very first simulation. Mm-hmm. So the chances of you hitting a simulation is far greater than you landing landing on on the civilization that has yet to make a simulation. Right. It's more likely that we are living in a simulation instead of us being the civilization that will make it. Yeah, and there's those three there's three in- instances that we discussed at the beginning. We are either a civilization that hasn't made a simulation yet, but we might in the future. Um, We are a civilization living in a simulation right now. Or we are a civilization that hasn't made a simulation yet, but we will die before we get to ever make one. Right. Which which is scary. It is a really scary thing because it's like, okay, let's pretend that we are living in a simulation right now. It's like... Like, how do you find meaning in your life if you're just yeah, a like, line of code and yeah, you know some it? some lines of code <laughs> like, with some feelings and a consciousness. Right. That's just, it's kind of mind-blowing. A really scary but don't, thing Yeah, don't, don't be scared because as Elon Musk once said that he, he looks at it the other way. That if we are in a simulation, that means that there are other advanced civilizations, which means we're not learn, uh, alone that we have proved the Fermi paradox. Mm -hmm. Um, So we aren't alone. And that means that there's hope for civilization because we have found a way to survive longer than we ever thought. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. So there's two ways of looking at it. I recommend you look at the uh, good way at at it. Yeah, for sure. And just one more thing to add. It's like 
this is slowly becoming just another way to explain our world, um, just like religion. Yeah. Religion is just another way to explain why we're here. Exactly. How, how did we get here? Yep. So it's just another way to explain our world. And us as humans have a conscience, and we're trying to figure it all out, and we're doing it together. Yes, we are. So at the end of the day, even though we may just be some lines of code with some feelings and emotions and a consciousness, it's still reality to us. 